Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all other types of shows. The Knicks, for example, played the Wizards on Monday night, and those two teams are going to play again in Washington on Saturday. And if you want tickets to that, you want to get the best prices, you can use GameTime. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. You download the GameTime app in Google Play or the App Store, click on My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem the code THEATHLETIC, all one word. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off on your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019, because that's when years end. So make your move and score quick last minute tickets. Sitting down in a relatively comfortable seat in the media dining area in Madison Square Garden where uh, the capital city go-go have defeated the New York Knicks. 121 to 115. Uh, just kidding, the actual Washington Wizards, who are playing apparently with the Capital City Go-Go roster, won this game. Uh, the second unit legit was Troy Brown and four G-leaguers. The Wizards missed eight guys, seven of them hurt, one of them Isaiah Thomas, suspended for, for going up into the stands, and got a 13 for 38 shooting performance, two for 11 from Bradley Beal, and still beat the Knicks. Troy Brown played uh, not just his best game of the week or month or season, the best game of his career. Career high 26 points, nine boards, career high seven assists. Uh, Andres Pesechniks, 14 points, also a career high, six for seven from from the field, and a, and quite honestly, a, a tremendous name pronunciation job by myself. And uh, Gary Payton II was on an airplane flying gear like six minutes ago. And came off the bench to have 10 points, 11 boards, 5 assists, and I said 5 steals, 6 steals, apparently, uh, in 34 minutes off the bench. And I'm sitting here with a man who's not an off-the-bench player. Too good. Got to start. Covers the Knicks for The Athletic, Mike Workman. I don't know what to marvel at more, uh, that extremely uh, suck-up compliment right there at the end, or <laughs> you shouting out your own performance <laughs> In the guy pronouncing the guy's name as you read off the boxer. I mean, that's just masterful work. <laughs> not you're not, a pro. Not not only did I did I shout it out. This is the second time that I've done that in as many episodes. Wow. Yeah. Have you just come up to him and just pronounce his name in front of him? Not even ask a question. Just pronounce it. Walk away. Yep. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. I'm leaving. Um. Uh, li- literally, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. Okay. He asked me if I was American. What did you say? Because I pronounced it so well. <laughs> it's like there's no way. How, how much time do you spend like in the mirror or just to yourself trying to make sure you pronounce it right? Um, I, I don't know. Four hours? This podcast has gone off the rails. We're a minute <laughs> in. Uh, that was a hell of a game because from the Knicks perspective, that was... I, I don't even know how to describe it. They're they're seven and twenty three coming into this game. They're on an interim coach. They like need everyone they can get, and they lost, as you said, to the G League Wizards. Like that is bad. 
I, if I was gonna write a story off of this, it would just be my byline, a dateline, and Jim Halpert's face from the office. So like, that's there's nothing else to say about this game, and it has been repeated. Like, this is now. I'm gonna count this game as a blowout after they got two blowouts over the weekend and back-to-back nights. Like, these are three horrible losses in a row for the Knicks. I, I don't know, like, what else there is to say. They're they're in dire straits. So, I won't say the coach's name because okay. I don't want to embarrass the coach. This was years ago. A coach had gotten fired and <laughs> and I, I knew the coach and I the coach came up to me well after he got fired and uh, and I, I bumped into this coach at summer league and that team had made like tons of changes they, they weren't good team had made tons of roster changes all that and says, uh, so you see how things are doing there? I was like, yeah, of course, I cover the league. He says, seems like they realized the problem wasn't just the coach, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the Knicks seem to be having, I feel like this, this game was, was the exact like, like basketball embodiment of, Seems like they're realizing the problems aren't just the coach, huh? <laughs> oh man, I don't even know. Things are bad. I, that was impressive by the Wizards, though. I think we have, like you have to give them credit. Just that was super. Imp- that was super impressive. That was the best Wizards win of the season. That was. I. I mean, I. They've they've beaten more impressive teams. Yeah. But like, they started Admiral Schofield, Scott Brooks, told me that he wasn't answering questions for me post game because when he pregame. He said he was. He said his starting lineup, and I, I asked him why Schofield, and he thought it was such an unbelievably stupid question, because he's like, who the hell else am I supposed to start? Like, who's going to guard Julius Randle? Like, we don't have another big, uh, unless you're going to start Mahimi and and Pesesniks. Like, that's that's it. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Uh, I, I get it. That one when it rolled off the fingers, I was like, oh, this is not a good. This is not a good one. So Scott told me he wasn't going to answer questions from me and then answer questions anyway. In your defense, though, Fred, he started Admiral Schofield, but he only played him 18 minutes. He pivoted to 32 minutes of Troy Brown and 34 minutes of Gary Payton the second. Kind of an admission of error there. So I think you won in the long run. Didn't, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, they started Admiral Schofield, yeah. who has gotten rotation minutes lately because of all the injury issues. But... In an ideal world, not even everyone healthy, just the majority of people healthy. Admiral's probably playing in the G League. Their second unit lineups, they didn't really stagger. Their second unit lineups were Troy Brown, who we'll talk about in a little bit because he was really excellent tonight, even beyond the shot making. He was really excellent. Uh, Andres Pesechniks, who has been a G League player the entire year and only signed a two-way contract like a week ago. Because the Wizards have everybody hurt. Justin Robinson, who got his first rotation minutes of his entire life tonight in the NBA and has been in the G League all year. Gary Payton II, who was a G League player until about five hours before this game started when the Wizards signed him. And Garrison Matthews, who is a two-way player who, until the recent injury issues, has been a G League player the entire year. 
unbelievable. And then you look at the plus minuses from those guys. And the reason the Wizards won this game is because their bench units feasted. I mean, Garrison Matthews was a plus nine. Gary Payton was a plus 13. Justin Robinson was a plus nine. Possessionics was a plus four. And, and Brown was a plus eight. And that's not necessarily a reflection on, you know, this guy was a plus nine, so he was good. But the bench units feasted in this game. Yeah, I don't think we have to get into the Greg Popovich explanation of Kong plus minuses. What would it come? Fan fiction or whatever? Yeah, you think that's why he gave away Bertans? <laughs> I think he thought Marcus Morris was coming. I was slow. Um, so what? If if he knew what he had in Bertans, he would have given away somebody else. I would assume so, right? If he knew a Davis Bertans, who's now like Larry Bird reincarnated, <laughs> which is amazing, just amazing. Like I think he probably would have given away. I don't know, like Patty Mills or someone. Yeah, I don't know someone else. But um, the, I, I think that's actually kind of a credit to what the Wizards have done all year long, right? They're they're not a good team. They're, what, 9-20, and 20, uh, as I read it upside down. So, like, their record is bad, but they know what they're doing. They have a system, they have an intent, and they have these guys kind of coming out of the woodwork one night after another, and they have Dallas Bertans, who's really been playing well this whole year. I mean, you were the premier Mo Wagner chronicler this season, and he's had, like, crazy numbers for a good portion of the season. I, I just like this is another game to that end point for them. I think Scott Brooks has done such a great job with the Wizards this year. I, I know you call this their best win of the year. I would call it like their most like remarkable, unpredictable win. I don't know how much of it um, in terms of quality is is that great because the Knicks are just a mess right now. Okay, I said I'm best. Nitpicking. You say most I remarkable. Know. Whatever. I'll take it. Uh, let's talk Troy Brown. Okay. You know what? Actually, no. I'm adding Pivoting? Yeah, I just want to add to your point. Okay. There's something to be said. I think the reason so this team coming into tonight was on pace to win like 22 games. What are they? They're 9 and 20. So let's say that's on pace for like 26 games, 26 wins. They won 32 last year. Mm-hmm. The vibe is very different this year. And when I say that, I don't just mean like the vibe in the locker room. I think it's very clear. This is just like a more inspiring crew. And it goes beyond just the fact that like they tried harder. Last year was such a depressing, dark cloud of a team. They went 32 and 50. And and part of it is expectations too. They were supposed to be at the very least, their floor was supposed to be a playoff team. And they go 32 and 50 and go through like seven different iterations of the team and had you know, locker room drama and all that stuff. But but if I had to pin last year on like one thing that just kind of messed with everything, they just didn't have an identity. They had no identity as a team. You couldn't pin what they were other than like the dramatic wizards who were falling apart. And that's not really an identity. It's just based on a series of things that were happening. And this year's team has like a real true identity. You know what the wizards are. And I think tonight you kind of saw that because you get through the first quarter and it's like, all right, the Wizards have all new players and it's still 37-32 at the end of the first quarter. Like you're still getting these ridiculous scores. The Wizards lost everybody and it's still 121-115 final. They're still scoring. Bradley Beal goes 13 of 38. All right, other guys are doing stuff. And I'm not saying that's sustainable every single night. And a lot of that is, holy moly, look at the Knicks. But, like, there's 
this team has a very clear identity. And you look at the teams that have gotten out of stinking however, after however many years, and even when they've stunk in recent years, the Nets, the Sixers, they've had very clear identities. Sixers won 10 games one year, right? 10, 10 and then 12, I think whatever it was. The next year. Yeah, and, and they had an identity. They were running very, very analytically sound offense. A lot of threes, a lot of layups. They were out letting Isaiah Cannon chuck up threes. Like, that was just what it was. They had an identity. This Wizards team has an identity. And I think that is important to transfer over to maybe not the guys like uh, Pesechniks, who might not be around for the long haul. But it is important, I think, for the guys like Troy Brown, who who you want having an identity too, you know? Yeah, and I think – and I hate to – talk about the Knicks but that's the team I cover so it goes but like to your point the Knicks do not have an identity um they didn't have one under David Fisdale they don't really still have one under Mike Miller they have some good players and they're allowed to do whatever it is that they do to their strengths and I think it's an underwhelming some of their parts right I think they're actually somehow better on an individual level than they are as a team and for the Knicks this is now their seventh straight season that they are in the top six, according to Cleveland Glass, of percentage of shots that are long mid-range jumpers. That's crazy. What does that tell you? That tells you that, they, so that there's not a to, system. That there's goes not back anything. to what season? To the 2013-14 uh, season was the first one. So that was the year after they were really good. Yeah. And that year they got really good by shooting tons of threes. The irony. I mean, they've had four head coaches, three GMs, two team presidents in that time, and... They just, their offense and their their whole style in that time has just been like, just do your shit. Like, whatever it is you do to each player, do your thing, and let's see if we can make it work. And that hasn't worked for them because, as you said, good teams have identities. They have systems that they try to run. They have guys who get hurt, so they put in other players to do similar things, and so they're not lost when they get out into the floor. And it's easier to maintain continuity from night to night, even when you lose half of your, literally half of your roster, as the Wizards did tonight. And they still played well, unless they got a win. And I think if... From an outside observer, someone who's not like around the Wizards every day, I think that would make me bullish about where their redevelop, uh, where their development is, is because they at least know what they want to do and they seem to be doing some of it. The player evaluation and like attaining actual good players is very difficult, but I think having an identity is a key first part to any building of a good team. So I want to talk about Troy Brown for a second, then we're going to talk about. 2020. 2020? 2020, the year. Okay. Like 2000, just, 2020. Just because it's January 1 soon? Well, I, I took a weird pause in the middle of my sentence. I, I was going to continue we were going, the like... sentence. We're going to talk about the 2019-2020 NBA season MVP. Okay. Gary Payton II. Yeah. Uh, but first, Troy Brown. So Troy Brown tonight, 26, nine boards. Seven assists, nine for 15 from the field, two for four from three, six for seven from the line. Just like really good all around and leading a bench unit where he could just like do whatever. And if you look at Troy, like the embodiment of his night was that buzzer beater he had at the end of the third quarter where he takes a dude off the dribble, goes between the legs, steps back and hits a jumper. And Troy Brown only takes that shot when he's making his shots. And he tends to alter how he plays, whether he's his first few go in or don't go in. He's been a lot better lately. He's on a little bit of a hot streak right now after he was slumping. And I think a big part of it is that he's coming off the bench. He's so much better with the ball in his hands than he is when he has to go into the corner. 
And I asked Bradley Beal about it after the game, just about Troy, the way he handles himself when he's with the bench compared to when he's on the floor with the starters, specifically next to Beal, who's obviously going to handle a lot. And Brad flat out said, like, he thinks a lot and he gets really worried about wanting to step on my toes. And I have to tell him all the time, like, Troy, don't worry about it. Just play your game and we'll figure it out. Like, you just got to play your game. And he's 20 years old. And sometimes I think he's a little too smart because he's a super bright kid. Really, really smart. Really smart kid. I think sometimes when you're really smart and you have the, you're cursed with the ability to think. And then you think too much. And sometimes you're a little better if you're not quite as smart. Uh, and so I think he needs to get past that and just kind of go do his thing. But when he's with the bench, it just looks so much better. And, and tonight, he's ma- he, when he's making his shots and he comes out here and was doing everything and is distributing and grabbing rebounds and just going up the court because he's one of the best rebounding guards in the league. I mean, he, he looked really good and it was a, a nice little tale of like, if you let Troy Brown run your bench unit, maybe he could be like a, a pretty valuable player. Yeah, and I think it's the not scoring part that's the important thing. The rebounding, the playmaking, because those should be more consistent night to night. But if you've got a guy, like you said, who it kind of comes and goes depending on how the shooting is, then you have to put him in a situation, right, where he can maximize all of it. And maybe that is coming off the bench and getting his own, you know, five minutes per half to really run things. And that empowers him to do the other stuff. It's going to be interesting what they do with him once um, the team is a little more complete in all that type of stuff and healthy and um, everyone is back. He's an intriguing guy. Right? I think he was the 15th pick in last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I figure if you did the draft now, that you would probably take Troy Brown over a few of the guys picked over him, I would guess. And that's a testament Maybe. to him. But there are, there are also some guys behind him who you'd pick. Sure. But I think like you'd probably take him over um, Jerome Richardson. Jerome Robinson. Robinson from the Clippers. Yeah, I don't even know his name. Yes. Right. You, you, can argue, you can make an argument for taking him over Kevin Knox, too. Yeah, He's oh, yeah. really struggled in this year and a half so far in the NBA. You know, I think Troy Brown's like an interesting player, and that's that's kind of what the Wizards have to hit on, right, is like putting him in a situation where he feels comfortable enough to produce. Yeah. The mental aspect is interesting. I know you were talking about your own inner uh, monologue there where you're just too smart and it affects you, the gift and the curse of that. It's never an issue. <laughs> but like, it, I, I do wonder how coaches go about that, right, where you have to play pop psychologist a little bit with all the players that you have. Hey, I, you talk to scouts, and I think some scouts buy into it too much. But you talk to scouts, and they'll, they'll say some guys are too smart, thinks too much on the court. They, 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 they know there is every single move. It's like, do you watch The Good Place? Of course. It's like Chidi Syndrome. Oh, my. Too smart. He knows every single potential outcome. And so yeah. he's so worried about what every single outcome could lead to because he can see 500 steps down the line yeah. that he can't even make the decision. And it's like the basketball version of Chidiism. I'm going to yeah. coin that. What you need is you need a Dr. Strange, right, who knows all the outcomes and <laughs> just picks the right one. Yeah. Uh, or you just need a guy who just says, screw it. Let me just do whatever I want. Yeah, do. well, that's LeBron. Yeah, yeah. The guy LeBron, who knows all the outcomes and picks the right yeah. one. That's LeBron James. So you probably, you're right. You don't want to cheat out there. I would listen to a whole podcast of you assigning NBA players to good place characters. Oh, wow. Or even just like Michael Schur characters. I, I, I feel like Joe Mandy should have a podcast that literally just does that. Just takes. Why don't you have him on your podcast? I feel like that's a guy you could land. I feel like that's a guy you know somehow. You are like the king of I know this guy randomness. Am I? I th- at least among people I know, and I don't know that many people. So 
Well, I, I, I would love to have Joe Mandy on this podcast. I've never thought about it. It would be wonderful. Shoot for the moon, all star break. I should do that. Yeah. Joe Mandy. We're booking guests mid episode. <laughs> I'm the worst podcast guest. I just take us off the rails so quickly. Off the rails are the best podcasts. Okay. What did you think of the Knicks? Uh, you, you keep asking. Wow. Okay. Just straight to Fred right now is laughing uncontrollably. I think he's biting his lip to stop himself from laughing more. I'm just going to narrate you laughing. Um, yeah. Uh, what what I, did you think? I will say I really missed like just some good in-person irrational Bobby Portis technical fouls. I missed it. Yeah. I, I forgot how much I need that in my life. Bobby Portis is a good dude. I like oh, covering totally. Bobby Portis. Totally. Has a bad rap. Yeah. Because of the, the whole, the whole yeah, punching, punching a teammate yeah. in the face thing. But, that'll stay with you. But you know what? Bobby Portis, a a much more popular teammate than his reputation would would uh, would have you think. He so, was he was really well liked in Washington. I think he was well liked in Chicago. It seems like just one guy doesn't like him. Yeah, understandably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he likes that like, guy very much. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like a limited number of players don't like him. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Like he's outgoing. He's engaging. Like you said. Um, he's not super friendly, super like he's one of the most easy to talk up guys in the locker room that I've ever covered. I didn't know what to expect. You didn't give me a good scouting report when the Knicks <laughs> signed them, but he's a, he's a great guy. It's uh, he's kind of wallowing on that Knicks bench right now because there's, well, there's a host of issues why, but you know, it's, it's a weird fitting team. One of the, um, most confident human beings I've ever met in my life. He, so I, who was it? Bobby Marks. Mm tweeted not too long ago that uh, Bobby Portis used dropped third person during a pre-draft interview with the Nets. John Hollinger, this was after he joined The Athletic and was with the Grizzlies at the time Bobby Portis was drafted, tweeted something back along the lines of like, you too, question mark, exclamation point. I have also said on this podcast, I said it last year, that when the Wizards acquired him and I asked somebody like, oh, what do you think of Bobby Portis? Not with the Bulls, uh, with another team. They they told me that Bobby Portis dropped third person during a pre-draft interview. So Bobby Portis, it seems like, dropped third person in every pre-draft interview, at least three. And they're the only three I know about. So we're three for three. So I, Using just general logic, yeah. I think we can say that he did it in in every one of them or nearly every one of them. And and when you consider the fact that pre-draft interviews are are like job interviews, yeah, and he's just dropping third person when he's not even an NBA player yet, and he's just some dude out of Arkansas who's going to be a late first. <clears throat> Tremendous, <You're> phenomenal. <laughs> well, I guess you want to convey confidence in a job interview. That's one way of doing it. Never been a problem for that dude. But he does it in an extremely charming way. Yeah, we you know what the weird thing is now when you introduce, at least when I introduce myself to him, he didn't even say, "Hey, I'm Bobby Portis." He just said, "I'm BP." So maybe he's, you know, he's matured with with the years. He started investing in oil. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about Gary Payton. Yeah. Talk about the, G, GP. 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 Yeah. Well, because his brother is Gary Payton Jr. What? For real. I didn't wait. So there are two. There are three Gary Paytons in this world. Uh huh. Two of them are. So there's there's the, sec, the second in line to the original. Model. Yeah. So there's there's Gary Payton, the great yeah, point guard for the Sonics. Guy. 
His son was Gary Payton Jr. And his other son, who is now in the Wizards, is Gary Payton II. I'm just I need a minute. There was an incredible uh there was an incredibly pleasing moment for me during the game. Yeah. Where Gary Payton had a foul. And he said, Foul's on Gary Payton the second. Yeah. His third personal. The team's fourth. And the progression oh was God. wonderful. So so Gary Payton Jr. has the same middle name as Gary Payton Sr. Where's Gary Payton the second? I don't know the middle name deals. I don't know the middle name deals. Well, I think that's the deal with the junior. You need to have the full name to be the second. Right, right. But it's just Gary Payton the second. Gary Payton the second might have the same middle name too. But then that would make him Gary Payton the third. No, because it's the second and junior. But junior is the second. Not in this case. If anyone is listening who is an expert on names, please let us know. But I feel like I'm right. This is going to be one of those rare situations where I, as a journalist, am not going to look up the readily accessible facts because I think it's more fun not to know. I like it. Yeah. That's, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's a good day for him. Uh, for Gary Payton II, would you say he was on a flight five hours ago? So he, he took a red eye in from the G League Showcase right. in Las Vegas to D.C. Had his physical. Then hopped on a train uh, this morning from – or this afternoon maybe? Yeah. Uh, from D.C. to New York. Then played in a basketball game. Had a five to ten minute meeting, he said, with Scott Brooks and the coaching staff just <clears throat> to go over. Here's the offense we run. Here's the defense we run. Then came off the bench figuring like he knew he was going to get minutes because they just don't have – people who are capable of playing in a basketball game because everybody's hurt. Uh, and he go, ends up playing 34 minutes. He closes the game, has a game-clinching steal, uh, is a plus 13, has 10 points, 11 boards, five assists, six steals. He was ferocious defensively. I mean, he was legit. Yeah. Really good defensively. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really impressive. It, I, I don't know what we're going to see from this, but Scott Brooks loves stories like this because he, he is a story. Like he that. is a story like that. And so he loves it. Ish Smith, I was talking to him about it, who's also a story like that. I mean, Ish, Ish loved it. Um, I spoke to Gary Payton before the game. So he's got which one. <laughs> so that was his question. Which one? The second. Okay. Uh, he told me. He didn't say this explicitly, but but you kind of tell he kind of kind of wants to be his own man. Mm-hmm. Like I think he, I, I think he just like his name is Gary Payton. Everybody yeah. comes in. He wore number twenty tonight. He didn't choose number twenty. Oh. They just kind of gave him yeah. twenty. He was like, oh, classic. They gave me twenty. Of course they did. Yeah. Uh, his nickname is the Mitten, <laughs> which I think is like one of the greatest nicknames in sports. So yeah. I commented to him before the game. I went over to say hi. Saw him at the Wizards last year. I like reintroduced myself because I'm sure he doesn't remember me. And I said to him, I commented, I'm like, hey man, you got one of my favorite nicknames. It's like the mitten is great. Of course I love it. It's a wordplay nickname. It's great. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't like it. And I think I think he gets this feeling of like, I wanna show like, yeah, my dad was awesome, but like I wanna I wanna be awesome on my own, you know? Yeah. So I said to him, uh, he's like, I've been the mitten my whole life. Like, I want to be my own. And so I, I, I said to him, like, okay, like, what's a, what's a nickname that, 
that I should call you. What's, what's your nickname then? And you said, thanks. He goes, hmm. how about the big mitten? <laughs> okay. I, I was like, okay. Whatever you want. That's pretty much the same concept. Whatever you want. But you know what? Dude goes out there and the big mitten goes out there and he becomes the Wizards social media account tweeted this out. The seventh player in NBA history to come off the bench and go for 10 points, 10 rebounds, five steals, and five assists in a game. Yeah. Uh, all right. Big mitten it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't know much. I don't know much now, even still, about Gary Payton the second. I did think he would be one of the guys who got signed out of the G League this year. The uh, G League analytics really seemed to like him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe some part of this is sustainable for him and for the Wizards, and maybe he can change the, the nickname to whatever he wants. That's a little harsh. It's not harsh. It's a. Uh, it must suck if you're you come in and you want to get out of your dad's spotlight, and then they give you number twenty. Yeah. You know, like, and you're just like, you don't have the stature to like ask for a different number, right? Because you're just the guy who just signed out of the G League. But in the back of your head, you're like, come on, man, just like give me something else. Maybe yeah. some maybe somebody in the Wizards hears this and they change it before the next game. Be Seriously, great. he should make it his thing where he just changes numbers every game. I've always wondered if a player would do that. Uh, you you can't in the NBA, right? You need to get permission to change the number before. Oh yeah, you're right. The There's a whole application. Which is the dumbest thing? Yeah, just wear whatever. I think they should wear like fractions, decimals. Fractions and decimals. What about yeah. negative integers? Go for it. Yeah, whatever. Let's get crazy. We're 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 concepts. We're pi and infinity. I'll be honest. The double zero bothers me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the like, same number as zero. Yeah. If you can wear double zero, is less crazy than if I wore like one point seven. I agree because double zero is just double zero is not a number. No sense. It's yeah. not a number. It's just zero. One point seven is a number. Yeah. All right. Glad we've solved it. Yeah. We can petition Adam Silver. He's got nothing to do right now. People should wear years. They spend all this time trying to change the regular season schedule and nobody wants it. And everybody wants to get rid of double zero, according people, to this podcast. People should wear people should wear gears. Years? Yeah, yeah. Like nineteen eighty six. Yeah, or like uh like forty seven BC. <laughs> Great. Do you put the BC on? Because otherwise yeah, yeah, think yeah. it's AD. Yeah, otherwise people think that. it's that's confusing. Yeah, that's ninety two year difference. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, Ron, Ron, Ron Baker had one of the weirdest reasons ever for wearing a number. Oh, he had some weird number here, right? He was, 80, 84 with yeah. the Wizards. And the reason why was because it was the average birth year of everyone in his immediate family. The average birth year? 1984 yeah, was yeah, the average yeah. birth year. So if you add up the years that every his parents and his, I think, three siblings were born okay. and himself, and you add up all the years and you divide by six, Four, four children, two parents, divide by six. The year is 1984. And thus, we're 84. Did you know that Ron Baker once wrote a book? A children's book? Wait, what? You didn't know this? No. For once, I get some random... Yeah, he wrote a children's book before he got to the Knicks. How did I not hear Back in his Wichita State. He's a published author. How did I I think, not if I remember right, the this. main character, the protagonist, is a little boy with straw blonde hair, just like Ron... <laughs> And I think there's hay involved. Um, if you find him in Moscow right now, I'm sure you could, you know, double back. I thought he was in Italy. I thought he was in Moscow. I think this should be another thing that we don't Google. Yeah. We just <laughs> let it linger. Just like Gary Payton Jr.'s middle name. One of us will be wrong, Baker. 
<laughs> every time, every time, every time I see Ron Baker, I think about Howard Beck going on Zach Lowe's podcast after he wrote a huge Thon Maker story. Yeah. To say that we've been pronouncing Thon Maker's name yeah. wrong the whole time. And it's actually Thon McCor. Yeah. And I always wonder if I should pronounce it Ron Bacor. Tweet it. Just ask right now. Yeah. Just like Ron. Did we mess up this whole time? Should be Ron Bacor. All right. Talk about off the rails. Uh, anything to plug before we wrap up? Um, no, not really. It's been a desolate time. So it's a weird time in the Knicks beat. I don't know. Go read the, uh, the Knicks coverage on The Athletic. Let me plug that. Yeah. Subscribe That's to it. The Athletic. I sure hope you are subscribed to The Athletic if you're listening to this. Yeah. Subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, if you want to, you can give a gift subscription. Those are totally great this time of year. It's uh, Christmas right around the corner. It's the middle of Hanukkah. Uh, you can subscribe for yourself if you want for 40% off. If you go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, and that doesn't just get you the, the podcast. That'll also get you... Uh, you know, everything that you want with a normal subscription, my stories, David Aldridge's stories, Michael Lee's stories, and the rest of the NBA, Vorkanov stories, and baseball, and football, and all that. Um, and, and as always, uh, you know, this is a free episode, but I do, uh, I do one episode a week behind the paywall. So yeah. you'll be able to get those as well. Yes. Let me just make this offer right now, this promise. If you're listening, this is going to be up, I think, uh, Tuesday morning. There will be six nights of Hanukkah left. If you buy a subscription for yourself and five of your friends, take photos of it as proof, and then you tweet at me to prove it, I will reply to your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat that offer. You can't beat that offer. That That is worth six subscriptions, I if so. I've ever heard of yeah. it. Yeah. It's and unbelievable. Especially, what are we, we're running some kind of great Christmas deal. Like, do it. Unbelievable. Get it. Uh, so... Weird stuff because it's the holiday week. This yeah. is my only podcast of the week. Fred. There's not going to be a behind the paywall thing. Fred. I'm not doing a post game after the Detroit game. Okay. And so I will be back next week. I'm not doing one after the uh, Knicks game on Saturday the 28th That's either. Uh, so I will be back next week with another episode back to the normal format next week. But because it's the, the holiday week, I won't be doing post game after Detroit. Uh, can I throw one more thing out there? Please. On your next podcast, because I will be listening. Can you settle the age-old question of when this decade ends? Do you think it's the end yes. of this year, 2019? So 2020 is another year. Or are you in the Dave Dufour camp, which says we still have one more year left? Don't, don't tell me now. I'm not getting into don't it. Tell me We're just teasing. Teasing next for the next. Next episode, we'll be talking about decades, unless yeah. unless I just completely forget about it and then... And then we don't. Uh, I'll be back next week. I'll talk to you guys then.